Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. In the past few days, I've covered the story of Cardinal Reinhard Marx and his rather outlandish call to change the catechism of the Catholic Church to reflect the values of the world on the topic that we like to call around here the uh, Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church topic. The erstwhile cardinal has flat out stated that the church is out of touch with the world and that the teaching is out of date and needs to be changed. He's not alone in that either. Today I have for you a story about an open celebration of this in a mass in the United Kingdom that has caused a bit of a stir, shall we say, and it points to the larger issue in the church in our time, that the most important offices in the church are held by men who shouldn't be there in the first place, men by who reject the inerrancy of the church's teaching on this issue, and that of what sacred scripture has to say about it. But Francis has a way out if he wants to take it. So let's take a look at the story today, because the Cardinal Marx story is part of a larger issue in the church that just needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed from the top. But let's start with some good news, since it's spring and the flowers are blooming and the tornadoes are out doing their annual dance. Columbus, Ohio has a new bishop, and he is friendly to tradition. Bishop-elect Earl Fernandez is a contemporary moral theologian. He has experience teaching at the seminary in Cincinnati and is the outgoing pastor of St. Ignatius Parish in Cincinnati. At his prior parish, Sacred Heart, he regularly offered the Apostolic Mass, according to the 1962 Missal, and his father benefited from a solemn requiem mass at the time of his death, meaning that this bishop actually has a more traditional understanding of the four last things, and that's a good sign. Bishop Fernandez is generally friendly to the traditional liturgy. The bishop repudiates that rather dumb stereotype that those attending Latin masses are predominantly elderly Catholics motivated by nostalgia. He has been quoted as saying that most of them are young and looking for reverence and beauty, a sense of transcendence, and to be connected to their parents and grandparents and the previous generations that we can just widely call the generations of faith. He notes that many are seeking sacred silence that is part of the apostolic mass due to the noisiness and busyness of our everyday lives. And he said the following on this to the local Novus Ordo diocesan paper, quote, They enter into the lit liturgies interiorly and love it for its tradition, the faith of their fathers. At the confessions for the Latin Mass, all get Spanish speakers, French-speaking Africans, many kinds of people, he said. Latin Masses provide a universal experience, a sense of mystery, end quote. And there he destroyed another stupid stereotype about it. In an age where bishops are openly slamming the door on traditional Catholicism and calling for the faith to get with the times again, it's nice to have a new bishop in America who isn't overtly hostile to the deposit of the faith. So please include him in your rosary today at the very least, that his, that his time at, in, on the sea of Columbus will be wonderful and a good thing for the faith. And where he stands on Traditionis Custodis and the priestly fraternities is anyone's guess. I wasn't able to find that, but if he turns out to be a friend to tradition, then we are all blessed. Now, compare this to an English bishop who held a grotesque mockery of the faith during a mass this past Sunday, which, by the way, was the start of Passiontide, where our Lord's final days to Golgotha should be on our minds as we approach Holy Week. This is quite the contrast. This topic is a little touchy, so we have to play with the language here that we used in the reporting, but I'm certain you're going to understand what I mean. Modified headline from LifeSite. English Archbishop says that he has no intention of canceling James Martin-style Mass. I would direct you to Pope Francis' comment that the James Martin crowd are at the heart of the church, said Archbishop McMahon, at the heart of the church. 
I thought it was the saints and martyrs and the suffering poor that were at the heart of the church, and of course, the repentant sinner. But let's really dive into this story. LifeSite quoted the parish bulletin announcement directly, so here's the words of the bishop. Quote, on Sunday, the 3rd of April at 2 p.m. at St. Bede's Church, there will be Holy Mass celebrated with the James Martin crowd in the Archdiocese. Everyone will be made very welcome. Can you help? I need two volunteers to help with making tea and coffee after Mass in the Guildhall. If you are free on the 3rd of April from 1.30 p.m. to 4 p.m., then please contact the parish office and leave your name and number and Father Mark will be in contact with you. Thank you. End quote. I hope they got no replies, but I'm honestly not that hopeful. The notice did not specify if the authentic teaching of the church on that touchy issue was going to be taught and defended, or if the event was going to be another public categorical rejection of the truths of the faith, or even if Francis's own Catholic-sounding words about the prevailing ideology on that issue would be respected, including the need to live in accordance with your state and life and to seek conversion. From the LifeSite article, quote, In response, Father Morin noted that his parish had simply been asked to host the Mass this time. He noted that, in his understanding, it is simply offered to those who desire to follow Christ more closely within the Church and receive encouragement from others who are trying to do the same. Father Moran directed LifeSite News to Father Stephen Maloney for, for, for further information. He had formerly served as the Archdiocesan Vocations Director, who, with the blessing of the Archbishop, has been asked to support this part of our Church community. Meanwhile, Archbishop McMahon responded, I note the comments you make, but I have no intention of asking Father Mark Morin to cancel this Mass. I direct you to Pope Francis's comment that the James Martin crowd are at the heart of the Church. LifeSite has been informed of a number of concerned Catholics who have contacted Archbishop McMahon asking him to cancel the Mass. End quote. The Archbishop didn't listen to the rigid Catholics who still have the faith on that score, and desecration almost certainly took place. And I want to remind you, he said, the priest said when asked that they were asked to help with the, this mass this time, which rather strongly suggests that this is a regular occurrence around his diocese. Think about that for a second. We cannot have in our time an authentic defense of the faith on that, on that issue that the broader world categorically rejects, or at least our teaching of it, which is what they reject. It isn't just permitted by the hierarchy, it seems. The extent of the infiltration of the church that Bella Dodd admitted to doing the key work of, is bearing a fruitful harvest for the enemies of the church. And that is no more evident than in the strange case of Cardinal Reinhard Marx, whom I've done now two videos on this week, which is a new record. By now, you probably know that on the topic of the pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit church topic, he's a big believer in changing the catechism to reflect the world's values on that topic. Bishop Strickland said that Cardinal Marx should resign his office since it's obvious that he's lost the faith. Here's the thing. Cardinal Marx did resign his office last year, and Francis refused to accept his resignation. There's a weird meme I'm seeing promoted by some Catholics that says that Francis has had some kind of conversion to the faith and has left modernism behind. They say that because of his Fatima consecration, now almost two weeks ago. Whatever one thinks of his consecration is sort of beside the point. The talking point is that he's become an Orthodox Catholic Pope, or that he's well on his way. I am extremely skeptical of that, though that is literally the intention I pray for him for every day. But that aside, Here's the test. Francis could actually announce that he is accepting Cardinal Marx's resignation now, despite it being submitted a year ago. There's not exactly a statute of limitations on these things. How can he do that, you might ask? Do you remember a couple of years ago when Cardinal Robert Seurat reached mandatory retirement age and submitted his resignation from his post in the Roman Curia? Initially, Francis refused to accept his resignation. Then a few months later, he accepted it out of the blue, surprising everyone, including and especially Cardinal Seurat. So there is precedence for just that sort of action. 
Francis has a way out of of his, shall we say, Cardinal Mark's problem, if, that is, it's a problem for him in the first place, since I don't believe the reports that he is backing away from the German synodal process that is the source of all these heresies in the first place. But is the church teaching on the Jimmy Martin issue set in stone? Cardinal Marx says no, in that it can be changed. But can it be changed? This is from a Pillar Catholic article on the Reinhard Marx question, where the author asks that same question. And it's an interesting piece. You should probably consider reading it for yourself. And I have it linked in today's show notes, evertorntotradition.org. It's the name of this podcast, with a.org at the end. Look for the episode title post, and you'll find it in there, a link to that Pillar piece, as well as the rest of my sources in the in that post. Anyway, from the Pillar Catholic article piece, quote, church teaching comes in many forms, and there are different levels of teaching which require different levels of commitment from Catholics. There are some things which all Catholics are bound to believe with divine and Catholic faith, according to canon law. These include all those things contained in the word of God written or handed on, that is, in the one deposit of faith entrusted to the church, and at the same time proposed as divinely revealed either by the solemn magisterium of the church or by its ordinary and universal magisterium. Below that, there are those things which Catholics must embrace and retain, which include each and everything which is proposed definitively by the magisterium of the church concerning the doctrine of faith and morals. Those doctrines which the church doesn't teach as being definitive still must be given a religious submission of intellect and will, even if Catholics are not required to believe them. Failure to adhere to these different levels of teaching authority each come with their own possible consequences, even penalties, morally and canonically. When Pope St. John Paul II promulgated the Catechism of the Catholic Church in 1992, he explained that the Catechism is a statement of the Church's faith and of the Catholic doctrine, attested to or illumined by sacred scripture, apostolic tradition, and the Church's magisterium. I declare it to be a valid and legitimate instrument for ecclesial communion and a sure norm for teaching the faith. The Catechism is an authentic reference text for teaching Catholic doctrine, the Pope explained. In short, the faith taught by the catechism is the doctrine of the church, which the, which the church believes is the deposit of the faith, revealed by God and interpreted by the church's magisterial authority. Catholics, therefore, are required to hold or assent to what the catechism teaches as an authoritative expression of Catholic doctrine, end quote. Now, the author of that piece goes on to admit that the catechism is open to criticism, which is a good thing because the cardinal who put the catechism of John Paul II together admitted that the thing was severely flawed. It would need a rather thorough revision in the future, which is why I tend to stick to older catechisms myself. But on this question, these teachings that the bishops in the United Kingdom and Cardinal Marx are clearly rejecting is based on the authoritative teaching of sacred scripture and the authoritative interpretation of the magisterium going back to the early church fathers. It's a constant teaching of the church, and that cannot be changed no matter how much they may want it to. This isn't merely a disciplinary issue, like how long one must fast before receiving the Eucharist at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. This is something entirely different, and it cannot be changed, only clarified. And what Cardinal Marx is asking for is a categorical changing of what the Church teaches. Francis can act as I outlined above, but he probably won't, since he previously endorsed the German synodal way. And this gets me to thinking about a rather important question. Is the aim of Francis to have the synod of synods that is running now until late 2023, is his aim to change the teaching of the church on all the issues that the world finds objectionable, on all those issues that the church defends and the world finds objectionable? Is it to make the church more in line with the thinking of the world? My take is that he is building his universal church of man, that, the, that he's putting the finishing touches on the ape of the church of Catholic prophecy. But that due to the events in the world right now, 
he is finding more and more resistance than he ever expected. It's pretty obvious that most people are tired of all these things being promoted front and center. And yet here Cardinal Marx and bishops like him are pushing it and demanding that the church change for the sake of the ever-shifting values of the world. This question is especially relevant to us to that strange talking point that I mentioned a few moments ago, where there are good people now saying that Francis had a massive conversion of heart and is now well on his way to being a traditionally minded Orthodox Catholic Pope. Some of us have predicted that this talking point would emerge due to his doing a consecration that is said to be in keeping with the Fatima request. We quietly predicted this among ourselves in the days and weeks leading to it. And now it appears that we were right on the money on that one. But what do you think? Give me the best case for or against the idea that Francis has had that interior conversion. And let's have a respectful discussion, please, in the comments. And I'm just going to flat out tell you that I sincerely doubt that he has had such a conversion. But I hope and pray that he does before he runs out of time. We should want and pray for that for anyone, but especially for those who should know the truth. But let me know what your take on that is in the comments, please. As well as if you think there is any possibility for Francis to suddenly turn on a dime and accept Cardinal Marx's resignation a year after he initially submitted it to him, as he did with Cardinal Seurat earlier. Now, one thing is clear. This Cardinal Marx mess and the larger mess of the German synodal way are a point of contention in the church. Fault lines are emerging around this issue, and it's important for us to be aware of this. These fault lines are pointing even to possible schism. Whether that will happen is anyone's guess, but it is why we should pray for the church, which is why I always end with that call to action. And I repeat it here now in closing. Please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.